Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Carolyn Caseglia, and I'm with the uh, Executive Girlfriends Group. And today we have two very energetic uh, speakers and guests uh, to our group. And uh, they are Lee and Jessica Miller, and they've co-authored a book called A Woman's Guide uh, to Successful Negotiations. And I hope I got that, that correct. If not, they'll correct me in a second. But we're very, very excited um, to, to, to bring these wonderful authors to, to the Executive Girlfriends group. So just to, to kind of uh, get things started, we want to make this as interactive as possible. Um, let me start by asking Lee and Jessica, uh, what, what gave you the idea to talk about women and negotiations? And I know women negotiations very near and dear to my heart and, and my role in sales and very near and dear to any woman's heart <laughs> because this is what we deal with every day in our personal and our professional lives and, and uh, just about everything we do. So what, um, what was your driver in, in oh. You're absolutely right, and this is Jessica Miller. Um, I approached my father, Lee Miller, who's with us as well, um, about writing a book to help women uh, learn how to negotiate um, because he was so effective in teaching me, starting at five years old, um, how to negotiate. And I thought it has gotten me so far in my career and helped me so much in life in everything I did, everything from relationships to shopping to career negotiations to negotiations on behalf of clients that I thought he should write a book um, to help women specifically with all of his research and all of his teachings and all of his professional experiences and, and interviewing other women. And unfortunately, that came back to bite me, <laughs> or fortunately. Um, and he said he, would, he thinks it's a great idea and um, asked me to write it with him. Yes, I, I actually... It was her idea, and I thought it was a great idea, and frankly, uh, obviously I must have done something right in training her over the years uh, to negotiate because now she is, as a commercial real estate uh, advisor with Cushman & Wakefield, is a, negotiates for a living, so uh, obviously she must have liked it and learned something over the years. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, you know, as it as it relates to um, our everyday lives, what are some of the key um, uh, takeaways that 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 you concentrate in the book in terms of uh, personal relationships, in terms of um, negotiations, maybe with friends or family or kids or pets, or what are some of the key uh, things that you'd like to really focus us on? Well, we talk about three keys to successful negotiating, which are true whether it be negotiating, as Jesse does all the time, in big leases and, and sales of major office buildings, or as I do in my coaching, and, and it, which is what I do. I'm an executive coach, and I do training and negotiating and uh, do it in, in the employment sector, which is where I've come out of. I was the head of HR at a, several big companies, TV Guide, Barney's New York, and USA Networks. And so it's the same three basic keys to being successful, and they are be prepared, be confident, and be willing to walk away. And I can elaborate on that a little more. Um, <clears throat> in terms of confidence, I think that's what um, a good portion of women suffer from the most is they have issues convincing themselves that they deserve what they're asking for. So if you can't convince yourself 
of it, then it's really hard to convince other people. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> preparation, as most women, I'm sorry. <coughs> I do apologize. I have a little cold here. Not a problem. Well, Not good for radio <laughs> or conference calls. Well, preparation is obviously is one of the things that women tend to do very well, and, and so, but it's still the key to being successful. The more prepared you are, the more successful you'll be. Also, the more confident you'll be. So, preparation, confidence, and the willingness to walk away—that's also critical. And that actually is something that that women sometimes have a tough time doing. It's actually a good thing that they have a tough time walking away up to a point because if you're willing to stay trying to, to negotiate a, a deal or a situation longer, you're more likely to reach a successful conclusion. And the fact that women have more patience for that than men sometimes can make them a much better uh, in, in terms of their negotiating. But at a certain point, if you're not getting what you want, you need to be willing to walk away because that doesn't necessarily end the negotiations. I mean, if you're willing to walk away, the other side may change their mind. But if you're not willing to walk away, the other side very quickly gets that sense and they will take advantage of you. So basically, you've got to learn that no deal is better than a bad deal and that at some point, know what your bottom line is as part of your preparation. And if you can't get what's important to you, then you need to be willing to say, no, I can't agree to this and uh, if we can't work it out, then thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll try again in some other situation down the road, but I can't agree to this. How do you get women over the, uh, especially now um, during these tough economic times, how do you uh, kind of, through your methodology, convince them of that willingness to walk away, um, to take that risk? Because it is, it is a tough time that we're faced with, and... and you know, jobs are hard to come by. Well, in the, in the world of employment, the best way to be willing to walk away is to have other options. So one of the things as a coach that I, that I when I'm working with women who are in transition, it's very critical to con, can keep looking for for the job. So just because what typically happens when you're looking for a job, and this is true for men and for women, but what typically happens, you get to a point where you think you're going to get a job offer. You're, you're doing well. You like the company. It's going really well. And now you stop all your efforts. You put the others on hold. You don't keep looking. You don't keep talking to other companies. And what happens is at that point, when you finally get an offer, it's the, you've got kind of nothing else uh, going for you at that moment because you've kind of stopped. And if you don't get that, it's really hard to walk away. Or if you do get it, it's really hard to say no because you're not walking away to something. The best way to be able to walk away is to be walking away to something. So if you have another offer, or at least if you have several other companies you're having positive discussions about the possibility of employment, you're going to feel a lot more confident in terms of being able to walk away. Plus, it also helps your negotiating to be able to say gee, I'm really excited about this, but I'm also talking to X, Y, and Z company, and while I would prefer to work here, um, we have to make sure that, that, that you know this works for you and works for, for me as well. And just because you're walking away, it doesn't mean the deal's over, the opportunity's over. You can do it in a way where you leave the door open to 
other opportunities and with them or that opportunity in a different model. And um, you just can't blame yourself if ultimately it can't happen. There's always going to be another deal. There's always going to be another job. There's always going to be another boyfriend. There's always going to be other opportunities. Uh, and you just need to remind yourself of that. Okay. And, and um, Jessica, in your world, in commercial real estate, what are some of the key, um, you know, if you look at, if you put yourself in the in the other shoes on a person across the table, which would be us, um, buying, what are some of the key um, suggestions that you have to be a more successful negotiator on the buying side of the house instead of the selling? Um, well, most of what I do is commercial, um, not residential, but that being said, um, I love having multiple opportunities. So, again, it's that you can't get too committed to any one option um, if you really want to get the best deal possible. And there are plenty of tricks and several that we talk about in the book. If you really do, you know, passionately like one option better than the other, but if you can figure out a way to have backup options and um, – you've done your research on how to make those backup options as good as that first option, ultimately you're going to get a better deal. Great. You have a backup plan. Backup plan, plan is, uh, that's what I'm hearing, your, your resounding theme, whether it's an employment deal or whether it's a buying side of the equation or selling side of the equation. And then so, also, if you don't have a backup plan, you do have to structure your negotiation differently. Right. But never let let the other side know that you don't have a backup plan. <laughs> Bluff them, right? Well, confidence. I mean, just act confident and act like you do. I never lie. I mean, I would wouldn't wouldn't say that I have an alternative of a, especially a, a specific alternative if I didn't have one. But you don't have to say you don't have a, an alternative either. Right, right. You'll always get caught if you lie, so never lie. (laughs) (laughs) And what are the hardest things for women to do um, in their negotiation um, is, you know, say you're happy in your job and you don't want to walk away, but you do feel that your value is is more than perhaps you perceive that the the company values you at. So... The, one of the harder things to do is asking for a raise. Uh, it's one of the things that that um, women are faced with all the time, and, and men seem to do a little bit better job at that. So what are some of the suggestions you have, you know, for better positioning yourself um, in order to get to where you want financially? Well, I, think, I think it starts with recognizing when you deserve a raise. I mean, I I tell you, men always think they deserve a raise, even when they don't. Women very often don't think they deserve a raise, even when they do. So you can start with that. But to a a large extent, I I like to say there's no free lunch in, in terms of getting a raise. So ask for more responsibility, and when you get it, that's when you ask for a raise. Or learn new skills, and when you've learned those new skills, use that as an opportunity to ask for a raise. But the key is is to ask. It never hurts to ask if you're asking the right way. The worst that's, that's going to happen is they're going to say no, and even in, 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 in the employment world, but in every world, 
No very often is the first step to getting a yes. So there's nothing wrong with somebody saying no, because if somebody says no, and usually going to be no, we can't do it now, no, you're not ready, then you can ask the question, what do I have to do to be ready to get a raise? Or more importantly, because I like to ask not just for a raise, ask for a promotion. What do I have to do to get promoted? What do I have to do? Uh, to, to make this deal happen. It's the same concept. So don't be afraid of getting getting no. I mean, uh, you know, no is is part of the negotiating process. It, it allows you to ask the question and find out what you need to do to, to get the deal or get the raise or get the promotion. So be prepared, be confident, be willing to walk away, and know that no can be good. No can lead you to the answer that you want to eventually get what you want. Right, and in, in not so much in the employment context, but in other contexts, sometimes no just means you need, you're talking to the wrong person. So you may have to ask somebody else. Uh, you know, never accept no from somebody who is not in a position to say yes to you. And what are what are some of the key um, drivers? Would you say to to help women recognize who really holds the key to the power when you're trying to negotiate? Like you said, sometimes you 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 might get a no from somebody, but they're really not the decision maker, and sometimes oh. you don't recognize that. And sometimes they'll tell you that, in which case you need to find out who is. But yeah. part of that is your preparation. Find out who is the key decision maker, and you find that out by asking other people who've dealt with that company or dealt with that, uh, you know, that organization, if it's not a company that you're dealing with. Find out who makes the decision, and if it's not the person you're initially introduced to, find out who their boss is or who their boss's boss is or who else might need to be involved. It's amazing how much information you can get simply by asking. Uh, asking other people in the organization or asking people who dealt with the organization or even asking the person that you're, you're dealing with. Ask the question, can you um, agree to this or do? Is, are there other people who will have to approve it? You can ask that right up front. Absolutely. So we, we have, um, uh, Rebecca, do you have any questions for Lee and Jessica? Probably quiet. Yeah, I was um, going back to what you said before. Um, in my experience, and, and mostly um, thinking of myself, that that willing to walk away, um, I think probably is would be the most the scariest, um, and to be able to do it with the right amount of um, class and um, making it seem that. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I was looking for a little more on that. How do you coach women so that I guess it comes back to the confidence? Um, part of it's confidence. Part of it, when you walk away, there is a way, and we talk about it in the book, a way to walk away. You don't close the door to them coming back. You say, well, I'm sorry you can't agree to that. If you could do this, I'd be happy to, to, to look at uh, how we might make this work. But uh, unless you can do this, um, then really, um, you know, we can't do this deal. So telling them what you need, what, what they need to do, and leaving the door open for them to come back to you, uh, perhaps even in a different way, but still satisfying your interests and needs, that's a good way to say no. It's not just saying no. It's saying no, but here's what I need, and if you can, 
if there's some way you could uh, structure this so that you can give me this, then give me a call. That's where the uh, negotiating comes in. Exactly. Letting them them know. Then it then it's on the other foot in a way. You're letting them know what they have to do to make the deal work. And you're keeping the door open, and that's what you always want to do. Because sometimes, again, sometimes now may not be the right time for them to do that that deal, but because you've told them what they need to do, maybe a week later or two weeks later or a month later, they come back to you and say, you know what, at that point in time I couldn't do what you were asking to, but now, now I can and I'd like to do this with you. So part of that being prepared, I think uh, what I'm taking away is that your preparation and you're having all these things thought out before you go in, knowing what your exit would be or what your agreement would be. Yeah, absolutely. Knowing what your bottom line is, what what, what you absolutely have to have or else uh, you don't want to do the deal. Great. You just have to look at it in a, a different way and create a new approach from take it from a different perspective. Um, you know, look at it in a different manner. Maybe it's your your assumptions or their assumptions that are bad, and if you change some of those around, you have a whole different situation, and you can start the negotiation in a different manner. And another tip that 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 I, I might throw out in terms of walking away is when somebody says, "I can't do that. I can't agree to this." When they say that to you, it's good to to ask a question. Ask them. You know, the, typically the question most people would ask would be, "Well, what is the, what's your problem with doing this deal?" I like, and that's not a bad question to ask. What's your problem with what I propose? However, I think a better question to ask is, what is it about what I propose that you like? Because maybe then we can build on that. That takes it uh, in a more positive way. It also focuses the other side on the fact that there is something in it that they really do like and that they would really want, and that will motivate them to try to figure out, okay, well, what, what, what do we need to do to make this happen? I like that. That's a collaboration, yes, definitely. Um, also, I think in your book you say something about the ten common mistakes that women make. Can you tell us some of those? Do that. I'll, I'll let Jessie uh, throw a few of those out if she likes. <laughs> sure. One of them is that um, women need to be themselves. You can't try and negotiate in a style that isn't your own. So if you're not comfortable being an aggressive negotiator, you have to find what does work for you. Maybe it's flattering the other person. Maybe it's using um, other methods. But you have to be yourself or they're going to see right through that. Um, Probably the biggest mistake we see that women make, you know, on top of not asking enough, which we've, I think, talked about quite a bit, um, is that they take it personally. Whatever the issue is, they see it as personal. And even when it sometimes is personal, you have to recognize that there's, it's not you, it may be the situation. Um, you need to think more about, if it's especially in a professional situation, <clears throat> if there's an issue with the, the deal, that it, it's the actual deal, it's not you, and you can't get emotional about it. Um, one of the other mistakes women make is they feel empathy for the other side of the person on the negotiation and if they can convince you that their situation is so much more important than your side then there's no way you're going to be able to convince them that what you want is what you deserve and and where the outcome is going to be. 
We call that the empathy trap. And, and while being empathetic is, is useful, it's helpful to understand what the other side wants and how they what they care about, the empathy trap is when, as Jesse said, you let their needs become more important than your needs. Their needs are fine. They need to satisfy their needs, and that's part of negotiating. But their needs are never more important than your needs. They are at best equal to your needs. So if they want their needs satisfied, your needs have to be satisfied. It's really that simple. So that's what we call the empathy trap. And we did come up with ten of the most common mistakes that women make. We didn't make them up, actually. We, we in the It was remarkable that the women that we interviewed, and we interviewed close to 100 different women, everybody from Kathy Black and Andrea Jung, who run uh, Avon and Hearst, uh, respectively, to, you know, um, movie stars and uh, rock singers and then, you know, businesswomen, entrepreneurs, heads of nonprofit. Um, kind of we tried to get a, a great a cross-section women, but what was interesting is they all pretty much came up with the, the same common mistakes that, that they had made perhaps when they were younger and had learned from. So this is an opportunity to basically, you know, learn from the mistakes of others and avoid them yourselves. So, uh, and I would add one uh, one other mistake that uh, that I think is very common and, and very problematic to women. Women, even women who are very, very good negotiators, tend to be a little hesitant to negotiate for themselves. Uh, they don't feel as comfortable negotiating for themselves. So, so when it comes to their organization, they may be great. You know, so, so doing a deal, they may be terrific at that. But when it comes to asking for a raise or, or getting the resources they need to do their job, they're a little hesitant or they don't feel comfortable doing that. And I would say, you know, actually I'd kind of uh, just – channel what Kathy Black said, you've got to get over that because if you don't ask for yourself, nobody else is going to ask for you. So you just have to do that. And one of the tips I think that we uh, give in the book is that what you really ought to do if you're feeling uncomfortable negotiating on behalf of yourself, think about how you would negotiate that situation if you were negotiating it on behalf of your daughter or your best friend. You'll know exactly what to do and then just do it. Yeah, good advice. Right. Well, let me ask Jessica. Having ha- having grown up with a father who is an ace negotiator, what was your uh, most successful negotiator n- negotiation? I'll say with your dad. What was the problem that you had to overcome, and what was the outcome? Well, you know, I think writing the book was the the most negotiations we've ever had together, uh, just on what to put in and and how to agree on which topics and and how it should be phrased. Um, So I think in in even rewriting the book um, a second time, it really, I think that was probably our toughest situation, the whole father-daughter situation. We had to, I had to convince him I was his colleague long before um, I could even agree to write the book with him. Oh, I think she actually got everything she wanted in the book, so I'm not sure how tough a negotiation it was for her because she seemed to, to prevail on everything we we may have dis, disagreed on initially. <laughs> and only had to threaten to walk away once. <laughs> well, that doesn't sound so bad to me then. If that was your toughest negotiation, it sounds like a great negotiation. Well, with the my one father. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, anything she else? For- everything, her whole life. I mean, she pretty much I made her negotiate for everything, in part, cause, and that's important, too. I mean, for, you know, when, when kids are growing up, you need to teach them to negotiate. And in order to teach them, especially young women, in order to teach them to negotiate, you actually have to let them negotiate. And frankly, you have to let them get what they want sometimes. You know, I, I really believe that, you know, that's part of, you, you teach your kids to drive, that you should teach them how to negotiate as well, and, and, and that takes practice. And if they do it and have to do it when they're growing up, negotiate about what their allowance was. Jesse many times had to negotiate. If she wanted a raise in her allowance, she had to ask for it. I didn't just give it to her. Um, and we talk about what that entailed, or as we did many times growing up, negotiated about curfew. Uh, again, as a parent, you want to let your child... I won't say win, but let them get what they want if it's reasonable, as long as it doesn't endanger their health or safety. Whether you might think what they want is the way you would do it, that's not the point. It's like any negotiating. You let them negotiate, make their points, and if they're reasonable and the outcome is is a reasonable outcome that they're asking for, even if it perhaps isn't exactly the way you would you would do it if it was up to you. You have to let them uh, win because that's how they learn to negotiate, and that's how how um, they are successful when they grow up. Great. Well, is there any other um, points that you want to reinforce with the the executive girlfriends group before we kind of wrap things up? Well, I think one thing that that I I would say is don't be afraid to negotiate. Um, There there are opportunities. I I think you become uh, much more successful as a negotiator simply by seeing more opportunities to negotiate, more opportunities to get things that you like and learn to negotiate. I mean, obviously, I I would certainly hope every one of your uh, listeners uh, goes out and and, and takes a look at our book, which – just so we get the title right, because you slightly uh, uh, misstated the title. It's A Woman's Guide to Successful Negotiating. Uh, by uh, Okay. And uh, you can get that, obviously, on Amazon. You can get it through my, my website, which is negotiationplus.com. Uh, and uh, you should, you know, read books on negotiating, not just ours, but, you know, there are a number of good books on negotiating. And take a class or take – I do a lot of training in negotiating. So, so take a seminar on negotiating and practice. And I guess the one thing I would say as a, as a takeaway is negotiation. negotiating can be a lot of fun, um, and practicing will make you better at it. Um, and finally, it can be exhausting as well. So <laughs> you want to pick your battles if it's a real negotiation and you're not really just negotiating – for the fun of it, and it's a serious negotiation, especially with your partner or, you know, people you have strong relationships with, pick your battles. And if it's important to you, it's worth negotiating about and fighting for and make concessions where on things that you just don't care about. I think that's good advice. In a a relationship, there are going to be times when you need to negotiate and, and you need to know how to negotiate, but you don't want to, in your personal life, be negotiating with your partner all the time. Uh, you know, life's too short for that. So, you know, I think Jesse's absolutely right. Pick the opportunities to negotiate where it's important to you, and then do it well. And when it's not important to you, at least with your your partner, 
um, defer to them. You know, not everything is about, uh, you know, as I said, some negotiations are, are about outcome. So when you're negotiating in your professional life, some negotiations you want a certain outcome, and that's critical. And in other <laughs> negotiations are more about the relationship, and in those negotiations you've got to make sure you preserve the, the, the relationship. And you need to know the difference. You need to know when outcome is is critical and important to you and know how to go about getting the outcome you want and you need to know when outcome is less important than the relationship. And and that's usually, I think, more important in, in terms of your personal life, your, your partner, and even your, your children. Per- even in your professional life where relationships are more important than one piece of a negotiation because uh, you work with these people every day or you have to do multiple deals with them, um, you have to do it in a way that it preserves the relationship over one single outcome. Yeah, but over the long run, you want to get good outcomes. And so it's a balance. It's absolutely all negotiating is balancing outcome and relationship. Definitely. Okay. Rebecca, any other? No, I think that's great, and I'm sure that everyone that listens to this later is is going to get a lot out of it. But they um, And you've given us um, the information that they need to uh, find out more to find your book, so that's good. And I'm assuming that your book is on Amazon, that it is a Kindle book as well for those of us with Kindle. Absolutely. Good, great. Kindle, so you can download it immediately if you're in, in an absolute rush and have to get this information. You can get right on Kindle and get it uh, instantaneously, and that's the joy of modern communications. <laughs> and of course, we have uh, Chicky will will load it on our executive girlfriends um, group uh, bookstore for instant access. So uh, we'll be sure to to get a copy on our Kindle. That's for sure. Okay, guys. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to actually stop the recording now. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Hello? I think it's just us. Okay, I think they might have uh, hung up. Okay. Um, no, I'm still here. Oh, you're That's still a, here? Good. That, thank so, you so much for this. this yeah, was, it was good. It was very very nice. I'm, I hope you guys get the book. I hope you 